Hey, good morning. Welcome to Faith on Hills online Sunday morning service. We are in our uh, unusual recording space. You might remember this was our old recording space uh, back in the day. Um, our sanctuary is being used for something this week, so I can't record there. And uh, so we're here. Now, somebody asked me this morning how we view our online service, and we view it as a valid service, and we put effort into it. We care about it. Uh, we also believe that going to church is not just going to a service, whether you go to an online one or an in-person one, but that it's a connected family that is together doing God's work in our community. And so for that reason, we want to invite you to be part of our community. And you can still do so while being online. And we know that there's people that are online for a lot of different and valid reasons. And so we have small groups that meet throughout the week. You can uh, email smallgroups at faithonhill.com for more information. We have our website uh, where we post blogs. We post all of our podcasts. Uh, that's where you can give as well. Uh, I'm always so hesitant to talk about that because there's so many churches that try to make a big deal about money and giving, but that's a place where we together uh, put our resources together. And it surprises some people that I give. Uh, I tithe. I, I'm part of this as well. And so uh, we pool our resources together. We come together as a church family and we do God's work in our community. We're doing things like uh, providing food to underprivileged kids in our neighborhood. Uh, we're doing things like throughout the year. There's things we don't talk about because you can't, but we've helped people uh, stay out of homelessness. Uh, there, there are just things that we can't say, hey, here's this family over here that was going through a, a crisis because because it's not our business to tell other people's stories. But that kind of stuff is happening. And so um, we're thankful to be a part of it. Now, I am actually on vacation this week. And so uh, if you're in person, my friend, uh, Pastor Andy from Calvary Ballard up in the Seattle area, is sharing with our church. Um, he was actually the pastor that uh, did the, the marriage ceremony for my wife Angie and I, and we're excited to have him. Uh, I wanted to share this morning, taking a pause from our study in the Gospel of Matthew, and I wanted to share a thought about what we believe. What do Christians believe? Now, the truth is, I can't speak for every Christian. I can't even speak for every Christian in our community because we do believe slightly different things about different topics. Um, we know that there are parts of the world where the Christian church is largely expressed through the Orthodox tradition and other parts of the world where it's largely expressed through the uh, Roman Catholic tradition or through the Coptic tradition or through the Syrian tradition. I bet you didn't know there was a Syrian tradition. It's sometimes called the Church of the East or sometimes called Nestorian Christianity. Not super well known here in America, but it exists. It's real. Uh, we, of course, are part of the Protestant tradition. But there are things that all Christians believe. So what do we as a church believe? Well, we believe the gospel. We believe the good news of Jesus Christ. We believe that God created this world. Now, there's people in our church that have disagreements about how God created this world or when God created this world. Did God create the world six to 10,000 years ago in six literal days and on the seventh day he rested? Or is that more of a, a metaphor and God created the world millions of years ago through what we would call evolutionary processes. Um, and it doesn't change the big picture. You know, we have disagreements about that. I personally believe that God literally created the world in six days, but I don't necessarily believe it was six to 10,000 years ago. So there's a lot of range and belief on that. 
But we believe, however he did it, that God created this world. And when he created it, there was perfection. He created a garden that was perfect. And he put the first people, Adam and Eve, in that garden. And those first humans rebelled against God. And they were cast out of paradise. And they entered the curse of sin and death. And death has reigned in this world ever since. But God loves people so much, so much, that he made a rescue plan. And so we believe that the, the, the first part of the Bible, what's called the Hebrew scripture, sometimes it's called the Old Testament, that, <coughs> excuse me, that first part of the Bible is the story of how humanity got to where we're at and the rescue plan that God established. So God calls one person out of the whole world, Abraham, and he says, I'm going to, through you, bless the whole world. And it's the story of Abraham and his kids and his grandkids as they become the people of Israel. And through the people of Israel, God brought forth the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus Christ, who was a descendant of Abraham through the house of King David. And we believe that Jesus was fully God and fully human. Do we understand how that works? No. But we believe that God became a man and dwelt among us. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. We believe that. And that Jesus lived a perfect life. So when he died on the cross, he was the perfect, blameless sacrifice. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. Someone had to pay the penalty, the price that the justice of God demanded. You know, you can look around this world. You can look around at what's going on and you can see that justice is required. Think about how many thousands of people have died in the last three weeks because of one person, Mr. Putin, because of one person. Tens of thousands of people, both Russian and Ukrainian and others, have died. That's not counting those who will suffer. I was reading this week about people in Egypt who might starve or, if not starve, be severely de de deprived of wheat because they get most of their wheat from the Ukraine. And that's in danger now because of one man. And don't you want justice for that? Don't you want somebody to say, not only stop, but we're going to have justice. There will be a consequence for your actions. Every one of us have sinned and that sin has harmed not only ourselves, but harmed the world around us. Doesn't somebody scream out for justice against us? And yet Jesus took the price, paid the penalty. I believe this firmly that if Vladimir Putin repented of his sins and, and believed in faith in Jesus, that his sins, which are many, would be forgiven. There is no limit to how far Jesus can forgive. We believe the gospel. We believe that the power of Jesus, his death and resurrection brings new life, brings abundant life. We believe the gospel. We believe the good news that we are not doomed 
to just be enslaved to sin permanently here in this world, we believe the gospel. And because we believe the gospel, we believe the testimony of the apostles and the prophets, which we call the Bible. The Bible is not just one book. It's a collection. In fact, if you have any familiarity with the Latin languages, maybe Italian, uh, maybe Latin itself. In my case, my familiarity with the Latin languages tends to be either from first century Greek, which I took in uh, college and my master's, or in uh, Spanish, which I took in high school and my undergrad. Either way, biblioteca, right? That's the Spanish word for library. Biblia is, is where we get our word Bible from. The Bible is a library. It's a collection of books, 66 books, in fact, written over a 1,500-year period, give or take, by at least 40 different authors. And why we say at least is that there are parts of the Bible where we know that it was written by somebody other than the main author. Like, for example, when we studied the book of Daniel last year, uh, it is written by the prophet Daniel, but he even says, hey, this part was actually written by someone else. And so we have an awareness that there may be places where a biblical author or editor inserted the writings of someone else for a chapter or half a chapter, and we may not be aware of it. So we, we say 40 different authors about. But the point is, think about this. Here's a collection of 66 books written over a 1,500-year period by over 40 different people in at least three languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. And it tells this cohesive story. And we believe it, that, that God has come to rescue sinners lost in darkness. Now, one of the things that I get asked as a pastor quite often is, what does your church believe? What kind of church are you? And there's different reasons for that question. And I understand because I think sometimes, you know, somebody hears about a church Maybe they, they're new to the neighborhood. Uh, they haven't met anybody from that church. And they say, what do you guys believe? And because they say, hey, you know, there are so many churches that just seem to believe something different than, than what I see in the Bible. I wanna, they want to know, hey, are you guys compromised? Have you guys rejected this part of the Bible or that part of the Bible? And so they want to know, hey, are you still affirming the truths that the Christian faith has held for thousands of years? On the other hand, sometimes when people ask me that question, it's because they want to say, hey, you aren't one of those churches uh, that are closed-minded and spiteful and hateful and mean, and you just sit around grumpy that everybody else isn't upholding the values of the 1950s and all that. And I understand both reasons for asking the question, plus infinitely more reasons that I don't have time to get into. But we do believe the Bible. I have spent a lot of my personal time in, in research, not, not just my, my, my Bible college or my the, you know, theological masters, whatever. Like I've spent a lot of personal time. I have a stack of books devoted to, can we believe the Bible? I was telling my kids this last week. I said, you know what? You guys are going to have to make your own choice. But let me tell you that I have done a lot of reading on this subject. And the more and more I research and study. I believe that the Bible is accurate and authoritative. I, I believe we can trust it. Now, does that mean that you have to accept what the Bible says? No, you have a choice to accept or reject. But in terms of conveying what 
the Christian faith is all about. Do I believe the Bible is accurate and authoritative? Yes, I do. And yes, we do. And, and if you've been watching online, you know that's pretty much what we do around here. We open up the Bible and we study it. We go through, you know, went through Daniel last year and then we went to 1 John and then we did the 10 least read books of the Bible and now we're in the Gospel of Matthew and I don't know which book we'll go to next, but the goal is to study the whole thing, right? We're trying to, we're trying to be immersed in the Word of God. We believe the Bible. We believe the gospel, and because we believe the gospel, we believe the Bible. And because we believe the Bible, we are learning. I'm not saying we have learned as if we've got it all together, but we are learning to embrace the messy stuff. Somebody, somebody once said to me, like, do you believe the Bible? I said, yeah. Even the weird stuff? Ah, that's a tricky question. What do you mean by the weird stuff? We believe the Bible. Well, do you believe the Bible where it says that a guy got swallowed by a whale and then three days later that whale spit him up on the ground? Well, let me tell you something because we did study the book of Jonah last year and you can go back on our uh, podcast feeds or you know, our Vimeo channel, whatever, and you can find where we studied the book of Jonah. Yes, it says that a man was swallowed, but it does not say by a whale. It says by a large fish that a man was swallowed by a large fish and three days later that fish spit him up on dry land. It says that. Read the rest of the book. There are things in the book of Jonah that are far more miraculous than a man being swallowed up by a fish. I, I could not have been more excited where three weeks before we studied the book of Jonah last summer, I saw an article on my news feed and it said, you know, lobster diver in Maine swallowed by fish. And I was just like, yes. And if you're listening to the audio only version, I have got my hands in the air. I am excited. I was so thrilled because I said, what a perfect article to have just before you're going to teach the book of Jonah. But here's the thing. Again, we believe the gospel. We believe that God became a man, that he died and rose from the dead three days later. The fish is not even in the top 10 craziest things I believe. I don't even think the fish is in the top two craziest things in the book of Jonah, but it's certainly not in the top 10 craziest things that Christians believe. But it's messy at times. There are things that we don't understand. There are things that we have a hard time embracing depending on who we are. We have honest conversations with this in our small groups. For some of us, it's really, really, really hard for us to get our heads around how the Bible talks about slavery. If you've been listening to our 20-minute Bible study podcast, especially when we were in the book of Exodus, I talked a lot about that. For some, of, for some people in our church, it's really hard to get our heads around how the Bible deals with gender issues, with human sexuality. For others, it's really hard when we start to talk about how the Bible deals with refugees and immigrants. There are things that challenge different people in our church in different ways. One of the things that I've appreciated about our church, especially in the last couple of years, is that we have been learning to embrace the messy stuff. We don't agree on everything. We agree on the main thing. We agree on Jesus. We agree on the gospel. The rest of the stuff, we are working through. And let me tell you, what happens in this polarized society that we are living in 
is there are really, really, really loud voices on one side and really, really loud voices on another side. And then most people just quietly sit somewhere in the middle and they don't want to talk because they don't want to get shouted out from one of those two extreme sides. And I think one of the cool things is our church has learned to just be okay with being in the middle there, figuring out where we're at. It's a little bit messy. Maybe that person sitting over there believes something different than I do on a secondary issue. That person over there hasn't come to the place I have. We're working through what something means. How do we engage with that subject? And that's okay. And that's okay. You know, last Sunday, we saw where Jesus said, do to others as you would have them do to you. And in doing so, you will fulfill the law and the prophets. In another part of the gospel, Jesus was asked the question, what's the greatest commandment? And he said something similar. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. The law and the prophets rest on these two things. There's all this messy stuff. Do we believe that God created the world in literal six days or not? Do we believe... uh, in a traditional view of of morality or do we say, you know what, that was for a different time and now we're living in this time. We're working through that stuff and not everybody has the same point of view or place where they're at, but I appreciate the grace in which we have treated each other. We want to love Jesus. We want to love our neighbor. We want to do unto others as we would have done to us. And I think as we do that, God, through his spirit, will lead us into truth on the messy stuff. I believe that. It's something I believe in faith, and it's something that I rest in constantly. So what do we believe? We believe that Jesus is real. We believe that Jesus is fully God and fully human. We believe that there is one God and he's represented himself in three distinct ways. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We believe that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But that because of Jesus, whoever believes will have eternal life. And we believe there is hope in this world right now for us through the power, the life-changing power of the Holy Spirit. And as we embrace and immerse ourselves in the Bible, God's word, we will know how we can be more like Jesus. God bless you. I hope you're having a fantastic week. Uh, We meet collectively on Sunday mornings and then we spread out into small groups throughout the week. I'm on vacation this week, so I hope that uh, your week is as restful as mine should be. God bless you and we'll see you again next Sunday morning at 1030 a.m.